Hey guys, you're going to love this bonus episode with the Diaz girls. They are precious. I love all through this episode, our babies, our big girls wiggle their way in and out of our story time. And it's just fun. There are medical beeping machines and breaks to feed babies. And I did not take any of that out because that's real life. And that is where we need more education. It's where we need compassion. Today, we are celebrating an amazing mama worth celebrating. Her name's Tamika Diaz the mom of three girls, and you're going to love this. Listen, in every episode, this is my secret. My favorite few minutes are the last 10 to 20 minutes of every episode. It's so powerful. It's always my favorite and only the lucky ones who really commit to the story and knowing the person and genuinely hearing all the details gets these best pieces because they're always at the end. That speaks, doesn't it? For real, like where we invest, we reap, reap the most reward. I love that. I love stories. I love humans and connection and the deep, good secret stuff. And it requires time and it requires investment in people. And so we don't get to see all the ins and outs of hard days of each other, right? We see small squares. We occasionally text or Marco Polo someone and and get whatever they share. But so much goes on behind the scenes. And that's really where the magic happens. But it's also where the tears happen and the exhaustion happen and and all of that. So Tamika shares all of her gained wisdom today on how to care for self first in order to give everything to your kids. Um, I love at the end, she talks about thanking yourself because only you know what you've given in a day. And it's so much, it's so much. We all show up and give and give and give and give. And so I want us to this week practice thanking ourselves, celebrating our wins, even when it's not perfect, even when we yelled or lost our temper or burnt the bread, we get credit. You get credit, mama, for every step through the middle of the mess, for showing up, for going, for loving again, to take taking that extra step, going the extra mile, like you get credit. And I want you to celebrate those things. Give thanks at the end of the day. Say, what did I do? Three to five things. What did I do today? You know, oh, I was on time for picking my kid up from school. Hey, that's a win. So let's share kindness in every detail. Let's love like Jesus loves and ask God, how can I see others today? How can I really see someone We have no idea what battles people are fighting and dealing with. We have no idea what they've been through. We have no idea what they're struggling with. And so let's just this season, every day, moment by moment, Jesus, help me see, help me see this person. Help me hear what they're actually saying and give me words to speak into their life. Let's share kindness. Listen, next week's Thanksgiving, and I am extremely thankful for you. I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, hi, Tanika. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. So happy to be here. I'm, I've been uh, watching you or following you, watching you. That sounds creepy. <laughs> I've been following you on Instagram for a long time now and just admiring the way you parent, the way you love and the way you share with all of us. And it genuinely is so bold and so brave and you do it beautifully. Thank you. So tell us who you are and um, maybe all about your family and a picture of your your days (laughs) a little bit. Well, I am Tamika. I live here in upstate as well. And I have three gorgeous girls, ages eight, six, and four, um, who I homeschool. (laughs) (laughs) 
I am also the primary caregiver of my six-year-old who is disabled. So um, we are pretty busy over here. <laughs> Very busy, hands full. <laughs> we are pretty busy. Um, the oldest, uh, she is heavily into gymnastics. She um, she is beginning to be in a very strong advocate for siblings of people with disabilities. Um, and the youngest one is just your typical youngest child. Keeping, <laughs> <laughs> keep, uh, keep, keeping me on my toe. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, typical. <laughs> She's a little bit, a little loose, huh? a little wild. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's, um, I, I call her my spicy baby. She's the, <laughs> <laughs> she's the spicy one for sure. <laughs> I, um, uh, named my middle one or my little one with wild wilder. And people are like, why would you name her that? She's going to be crazy. Like, well, it has a little more depth than, than that, but get ready. Right. Cause the babies, how is she not going to be spoiled as the baby? As yeah. the baby and the only girl and the only girl. Oh, yeah. It is going to be a wild ride. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Well, um, yeah, I saw your oldest is flipping and back handsprings and oh my God. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So my eight-year-old is also, um, on a gymnastics team. Um, and so that's fun, but he's not quite where she is. Do yet. you, um, how do you feel when you're watching him? Are you cringing? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he's going to fall off the bars or something. Oh my God. Like some of the things that they do, I'm, uh, it's amazing to see, but it's frightening at the same time <laughs> because yeah. as a mom, like everything that can, you know, that can go wrong in that moment, you can see it. You Flashes know, you through your head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, so much admiration and respect for gymnasts because they are so strong and Tough. oh my god yes I mean so, yeah yeah I agree. it's a it's an amazing sport though it's been really cool um watching her grow it's become of it's become a you know a necessity for her because it's an outlet for her and it's something that she gets to have that's just for her. And I think that's, I think that's important for, for siblings in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that is especially important for siblings who, who are growing up with, um, a medically complex sibling, um, because so much of, of so much of our lives, you know, revolve around Evely. I don't know if, um, if you've ever seen or read, um, the wonder, um, or I think it's just wonder, not the wonder. I think it's just wonder. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, um, we read this book together. Um, my oldest daughter and I read this book together. And one of the things that the sister, the sibling mentioned in the book that has always like resonated with me was that her brother was the, was the son and, and the rest of them was just, you know, the planets orbiting around, mm. around that sun. 
And I guess it's no coincidence that, you know, I named Evely, Evely, because her name is Evely Soleil, which means everlasting son. And oh, I gave, wow. gave her this name um, before ever receiving a diagnosis, before ever knowing um, that life would look like this for us. Um, so that, so with that being said, you know, that's just the way it is. It's, it's not, um, it's not anything that we look at in a, in a bad way. It's just, this is what it is, you know? So Mm -hmm. with that being said, with so much of our lives, um, collectively revolving around Evelie's, um, gymnastics has really been a gift to Luna, because she gets to have something that is that belongs to her and that is time that she gets you know for herself and you know outside of being mm-hmm. sister the big sister at that so um you know the older firstborns they already kind of come in with the sense of responsibility and I think that that that's even more so for girls and then I think that's even more so for children who who has a sibling that requires a lot of care. Um, so gymnastics has really been a beautiful thing for Yeah, kind of provides her her own identity and yeah, um, just she and even some Luna. relief too from Yeah, she gets Luna there and and it is a a very positive and healthy way to mm-hmm. you know to to decompress. So um, yeah, grateful for that for her. Yeah, me too. And so what, um, so she likes gymnastics. What does Evelie love? Music. Music. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Music is everything for her. Um, It's, it's, it's how we communicate. It's how, you know, we give her cues um, early in the day, like, like right now, while you and I are sneaking in this conversation, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's, you know, she's jamming out. She's on her, in her little space and she's safe and she has her toys and her music right now. And she can listen to, you know, all of the music that can get you really pumped up in the day. And towards the evening, we kind of try to slow that down. Hello. So- <laughs> <laughs> That's we have to so get really powerful. Yeah, you have to get really creative um, when it comes down to things like that. Um, one of Evelie's diagnoses is um, bilateral anophthalmia, and that means that she was born without eyes. And so she doesn't know, you know, when it's daytime, when it's nighttime, she has um, no vision, no light perception or anything like that. So it really took a long time for us to really get settled into like, okay, this is daytime. Um, this is nighttime. The routines have to be really strict. We try to quiet the house down, you know, mm-hmm. be really conscious about those things in the evening. So she'll know, Hey, it's time for us to start winding down mm-hmm. without, you know, the vision and without actually having eyes, um, without that light perception, her brain doesn't naturally produce melatonin. Naturally, our bodies, when the sun began to set, we will naturally start to feel that tired, you know, 
and she she will not she can party all day and all night (laughs) (laughs) and does it well huh (laughs) so do you give melatonin or do you just change the environment um change the environment so I try to because that that component isn't there visually I try to um to to communicate those things with her using her all of her other senses yeah so quieting the house um infusing or diffusing lavender mm-hmm. um, or lavender baths you know trying to do certain things at the same time in the evenings so she'll know like yeah. okay well I, I'm smelling the lavender it's time I'm to go supposed to, bed. to get sleepy now <laughs> to get sleepy now I'm taking okay. a bath Bedtime must be near. (laughs) The house is quiet now. You know, we must be, but yeah, she does have to um, also have uh, melatonin um, each night as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I hadn't considered that. I'm sure that's required some creativity and. Yeah. A lot of creativity, a lot of trial and error, a lot of figuring out what works and what doesn't. Um, Six years later, almost seven years later, we're we're starting to get there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, once you learn one thing, then it changes on you, and you're like, "Oh, okay, we're starting over." <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Because right. it, it's it's just like it's 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 the same thing, you know, with with our typically growing children. You know, just when we think we have it all figured out or get them settled into a routine, then yeah you know, their needs or their likes or dislikes or, you know, things changes, you know, um, for the longest time, my oldest, my youngest favorite colors, red, 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 you can never go wrong with getting her red. And then, you know, just probably two weeks ago now it's just, it's green. No, (laughs) it's green now. You brought to my world. (laughs) Yeah. So it, you have to get a bit more creative when there's, you know, certain components that are taken away from the situation, but ultimately, you know, it's, it's, it's very similar. It's always changing and you're always trying to figure, you know, figure out what works best, you know, for your child. So um, it's been a ride, you know, and I haven't gotten a lot of sleep, but we are, we're working on that and we're getting, I feel like we're getting closer now to that um because a lot of the health issues and stuff you know we're um feeling like we're able to get a lot of that a lot of those things you know resolved um is helping as well her heart health is has improved tremendously Evely is also a chd um, um kiddo and a lot of, you know, heart issues, um, GI issues, um, you know, brain developmental issues. There was a lot of things that, that kind of goes into play when, when it comes down to, to sleep. And I've learned a lot about how all of these things tie in together um, over the years and just kind of figuring out everything as a whole, you know, being able to look at your child individually and as a whole really kind of helps trying to navigate through all of that with figuring those things out. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's definitely, you know, it's a task, you know, so 
full time. Absolutely. But um, it has to be done. Well, you are the perfect person for the job. And thank you. You're doing a great job. And so then you have a four year old, which is not easy either. I mean, you've had a baby and she's really, I mean, once you get to four, you kind of start to breathe again and yeah, up for air. So hopefully that will also help balance. Yeah. The, the youngest one, yes, her coming kind of coming out of, you know, toddlerhood and kind of we're about to embark on, you know, big kid journey, um, Mm -hmm. with her, which is great because of, um, one of the things that was the most terrifying is because Evelyn was so, you know, had so many delays, um, developmentally when I had sky, it kind of felt like, you know, having two babies at the, you know, I felt like, you know, twins. And, and for a long time when we would be out because, you know, Evely was so tiny for so long, um, people thought that they were twins. Um, I know there's so many comments always. Yeah. I'm sure that was draining to have to explain. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, it, it was. And to be honest, on some days, depending on, you know, where I was mentally, I would just be like, yeah, they are, yeah. they are. <laughs> I totally respect that. I love you for that. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they are. Actually. You're so right. Whatever you say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I kind of nod that way too. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, they are. But uh, <laughs> so that independence, her, you know, growing into, you know, being more independent is definitely allowing me to breathe a little bit because, yeah. um, Evely still requires, you know, full care around the clock. Um, so it, it, it's definitely, I'm looking forward to, you know, it's, it's, it's really bittersweet because, you know, the last, the last baby with certain things, it kind of hits you a little different. Like Sky recently lost her first tooth and it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like, you know, it wasn't as celebrated as the as Luna's but because it brought you know a bit of sadness too like wait this is this is it this is the last first tooth Mm -hmm. you know so um but a part of me is very also very excited about um just you know her having more her gaining independence her wanting to do things on her own um, because I still have to, you know, be a caregiver um, to Eva, because it was really tough. It was, it's really tough when you, you know, are being a caregiver and also have, you know, a baby, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So um, that part was, was so hard. Um, and coming out of that is, feels like I can breathe a little bit. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I bet. Well, um, I'd love to hear more about Evelie's um, journey, but I also kind of want to ask you in this moment, just how you have been able to cope with that, all of these pressures and the heaviness of what you're dealing with. I imagine there's certain levels of grief and, and then also, I mean, just moms of babies in general tend to lose themselves for a while. And so 
how have you been able to, how, what has that looked like for you? Um, I'll be honest with you and say that coping is, is one of the probably more challenging things um, because you don't, for me personally, I didn't know about any of Evelie's diagnosis before the day she was born. Mm-hmm. And when she was born, I only learned about one of her diagnoses. Mm-hmm. And then three months later, it was, you know, Evelie was dying from heart failure. And then, you know, a month later, we're giving her a now she needs a G tube. And then, you know, months later, we have more diagnosis. And it was since the day she was born, it, it has literally felt like before you can even really have the opportunity to process or really learn about one thing, then boom, there's something else. And then boom, there's something else. And then you know, I don't even, I would really have to like sit down and really like think if, if you ask me how many procedures have Evely had because I've, I've lost count. And so coping for a while in order to survive, I kind of felt like, okay, well, I don't have, you don't, you don't have time for this. You don't have, you're just in survivor mode. You just constantly fight or flight, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't until, um, Evely was born in 2015 and it wasn't until probably 2019 that I really felt like everything like was just crashing down on me. Mm-hmm just hitting me she'd been and this is when there was something else that was going on with her and then at the time not really knowing not getting um not feeling heard by um medical professionals um just the constant struggle and constant fight of it all whether it was you know administrative parts whether it's getting testing whether it's you know getting answers um, finding people in, you know, who actually care. And so 2019, it, it ended up being epilepsy as it was ended up being seizures. And that kind of sent me spiraling like into depression, like has sent me into a really dark place. And I don't know if it was just everything just kind of built up and led to that or if that for some reason the epilepsy diagnosis just terrified me and I and you know I can't say that one it, it just, maybe in that moment it felt more terrifying than everything um else I'm, I'm I'm not exactly sure it was just the weight of it all just kind of finally I finally felt it um but coping has been um it was a challenge for a while because everything that, especially when you have multiple children, every single thing, every part of their lives becomes bittersweet. Every part of every um, milestone 
that my other children are doing, it all, it comes with a bit of sadness. Mm -hmm. The entire journey is a constant grieving process, you know, constantly, um, you know, you have to, to grieve that things weren't what you envisioned. Then you have to grieve that things don't look a certain way. You, you know, then you're grieving constantly seeing your child go through things and, you know, grieving them having to struggle all the time. Um, so that being said, when it comes down to learning how to, to cope is really being able to have the time to truly sit with that grief so that you can get to a point where you can accept that, you know, accept that grief is always a part, like I, you know, getting to the point where I could accept that grief is now a part of me. It is a part of my identity, is a part of who I am. And that was really, really tough because we as, as women will get lost, you know, like you say, can lose yourselves in motherhood without everything else. There's so much of, of, grieving of your own self that comes with with being a mom because that you know and because a lot of people I think where a lot of us are always striving to get back to who we were and that you can't we cannot do it that won't be. it won't be because there's so much that has happened between who we were and who we are now. And we have to just accept that, okay, this is who we were. This is who I am now. And it's not better. And it's not (laughs) worse than who you were before. It's just different. And I think that, uh, you know, a lot of us have to accept, you know, that it's going to be different. Mm -hmm. And um, because if we don't, there are consequences. For me personally, it was a it was a physical consequence where I ended up having these extreme chest pains that in you know where I ended up going having to go to the to see a doctor about it eventually. And it ended up being something that was caused by emotional stress. So it was that moment where I, I had to say, okay. Tamika, you got to deal with this. You have to deal with this because if you don't deal with this, you know, it's, it's still in there. Clearly it's, it's there and it's going to come out in ways that are, that's not going to be good for me and not going to be good for my children at all. If I don't deal with this. That's right. Like, I feel like you're facing something really hard and, and maybe drowning in, in your life. Mm-hmm. And there's no relief from that for you to heal. Yeah. You're all, you're still in it, but having to face this. And so probably it would be more natural or easier to just shove your own needs and feelings aside to face the survival of the day. Absolutely. Because during that time, the only thing that I am focused on in those moments or during those moments where everything was just boom, 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 was keeping her here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
you either have to face it and get honest, right. Mm-hmm. About your own condition, or it's going to also eat you oh, yeah. that pain and that. Right. Yeah. And so having, I'll keep hearing you say, accept, accept it. And yeah. And I just feel like that's such a huge component in life is accepting whatever waves are crashing in around us. Yeah. It's just, you know, getting to the point where you can truly accept the journey for what it is and where it is. Mm-hmm. There was a lot, I used to have a, a lot of um, stress and anxiety about Evely developmentally. And mostly because that's what you're, that's what I was hearing from so many medical professionals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you're not careful in these situations, you know, their words and things that they're saying to you can spill over into how you view yourself, Mm. you know, as a mom. Yeah. Well, if she's not doing X, Y, Z, I must not be doing something right. Mm -hmm. When in reality, that is, it's not the case that her journey is her own journey and she has to do things in her own time. Yeah. I'm and a speech pathologist. I don't know if you know that. I didn't know that. So by, yeah, by day so, <laughs> podcaster so, by afternoon. And so, so I'm hearing myself understand that then so well, you- I do. And but what I'm hearing myself, what I'm hearing you say, I'm having these thoughts of therapy sessions where I've hyper-focused on the communication component for a child and never, maybe never considered or asked the parent all the other things that they're having to, I mean, they're OT and heart doctor and speech and physical therapy. And they're, so you as the parent are receiving this amount of information from every single medical professional yeah. And we're just piling it on you. It makes <laughs> so me it's feel hard like- to, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to mm-hmm. try to figure out how to balance all the things. Yeah. And I also had to sit back and truly, you know, think about it from a different perspective, even as a parent, you know, parent to child. <laughs> I remember saying to one of, um, Evelie's doctors once. And I was like, well, if your entire life, you know, I, I said, if you really think about her entire life up until this point, when has her brain really had time to stop and, and, and learn anything outside of survival? I was like, because she's had so many medical related issues that she struggled with and that she's had come against her and I'm listening, and I'm sitting here like, okay, well, if my heart isn't functioning in the way that it should be, or my GI system isn't functioning in the way that it should be. And, you know, everything starts in your gut. So if your tummy doesn't feel good for whatever reason, you know, it can take us out you know, like really, you know, really take us out. Like, and I'm talking about people who are healthy. So if we're healthy and we have something that's going on with our stomach, it can really take us down. So I'm thinking, you know, so I'm like, okay, well, because now in the last two years, medically things have kind of, you know, medically speaking, 
things have slowed down a little bit for Evelyn. And during those two years is when I have seen the absolute most growth. Mm -hmm. Like she blossomed so much. I've seen so much of her, like her personality, because, you know, even her own body is probably like, okay, well we can, Hey guys, we can relax, you know, a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and let's have some fun now because, um, we're not, we're not fighting. We're not fighting for our lives, uh, for mm-hmm. our, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, I love that compassion that you have. That's so insightful for you to recognize that and give her that space to focus on one thing. Yeah. So I truly believe that it's, it, it you know, I had to let them, let their words not affect me, you know, so much and just allow Evelie to just be because she will do and, and grow like on her, like there was one point of our lives where we were in like 10 to 12 therapy sessions a week. Yeah. And this did not include doctor visits. This did not include, um, you know, uh, scheduled hospital stays. Um, this didn't include anything my other two kids had going on. Right. Not long after that, I experienced what I now know was caregiver burnout. And that's when a lot of that issues that I was having physically, um, you know, anxiety and depression was at its worst. And I was just like, you know what, whether we do two therapies a week or 10 therapy sessions a week, Evely is going to be Evely and Evely is going to do what Evely is going to do on Evely's time. <laughs> so this past two years, we are still doing therapies every week, not nearly as often. And this is when she has literally had the most growth. Cause you've given her the space to just be herself and thriving with your love and her sister's love. I love that you've created a home where she's fully supported and given safety and music and fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. We just, I've um, heard that from so many parents, like we're like during COVID where therapy was canceled and they're like, why is my kid suddenly thriving? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, it, it, it really is because when we're, when we're home, I work with, you know, Evelie a lot, but it's on, it's, it's on her own time. Yeah. I, if I present something in front of her and she's not feeling it, then, okay. we're not You don't busy. have a 30 minute slot to force it. Right. Okay. We'll try this again later. All right. Sure. We have to go drop Luna off at the gym. We'll try this again when we get back. So <laughs> it sounds like through her whole journey, your, you learning to follow your gut as her mom has been key and you've grown astronomically in that. Yeah. You know, I've learned to really trust that Mm -hmm. intuition. It can be really scary as a mom to, to trust your gut when you have people that have been studying this specific thing and do this specific thing for so long. And they are experts in this specific thing. And it can be really tough to trust yourself in that situation because you might not feel like, well, I'm not an expert in this. Yeah. They're the experts in this. 
but you are the expert at your baby. That's right. And you are more than enough for your baby. Bring it. And you (laughs) are the person. It's you when it comes down to your child. And while I am grateful for medical professionals who can weigh in and give, you know, what their opinions are, suggestions, recommendations. At the end of the day, I have really learned to trust what I feel in those situations because no one knows her better than I do. That's right. That's so good. That's so, so good. Well, I've watched you um, talk about just how much she has surpassed expectations. And I just want to hear just what that's taught you and taught the girls and how that makes you feel. It makes me, you're smiling. So big. I know. (laughs) I love it. Listen, seeing your child, uh, seeing your child do as moms, seeing our kids do things brings us so much joy, right? Yeah. You can say that as a mom, when you see your kid, your oldest kid at gymnastics, um, these new weeks, these new coming weeks with, with Ivy, I'm pretty sure, you know, every, (laughs) it just just brings us so much. Seeing your child do something that, you know, medical professionals have looked in your, looked you in your face time and time again and said, I'm sorry, Tamika, but Mm-hmm. you know, I'm sorry, Tamika, but, and then put these limitations on your child and your child say, I don't care what they had to say about me. <laughs> no, it's like, please say it. So I can show you. Yes. <laughs> it is. It's seriously like the biggest like mom flex, like, <laughs> like, like it's like, oh, do you remember when you said that Evely wasn't going to be able to like communicate? Well, you see her communicating mm-hmm. or do you remember when you said that Evely wouldn't comprehend, you know, certain things, you know, um, so, so many, so many things that, they said that, you know, she, she wouldn't be able to do, this is unlikely. This is, you know, statistically speaking, <laughs> and it just really gives, it's like, it, it's, it's the most beautiful thing. It really takes those things to a whole nother level because also at the end of the day, you know, how much blood, sweat, and tears went into those moments, because when you have a child that things don't come easy for and things yeah. don't come naturally for and you see them doing those things it it just it's a completely different level of joy oh someone else told me like the sadness or the hard mm-hmm. makes this the joy so much sweeter right it, it it does you know there's so much there's so much grief that comes with this journey, but there 
are so many different levels of of joy and love and and appreciation and you know my girls at such a young age have already learned not to take things for granted um not to take um they've 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 learned so much about you know inclusiveness it comes it comes so natural to them because they're growing up in it and they're growing up with it they help me out on this journey a lot because I tend to overthink a lot of things you know because this journey is is newer to me if you know if we're thinking about it in comparison for them all of what Sky has ever known Mm -hmm. and all of what Luna can remember of of her childhood so they're really leaders in this field. <laughs> they they really are leaders in this field because when it comes down to things that, you know, when it comes down to being, you know, inclusive and including Evelyn in everything that we do and it just comes naturally to them. Like there are certain things I'll, I'll say, oh, well, you know, well, let me figure out, you know, how we can set this up so that Evelyn can experience this with us. And, you know, Luna say, well, why don't you just, you know, X, Y, and Z, like, like, <laughs> Like, duh, mom, like, this is easy. Like, why are you thinking it? Why is this so hard for you to figure out? But <laughs> Okay, well, that is why Luna is the author of a book. Yes. <laughs> Tell us yes. about that. Yes. I okay. mean, this is so next level. Luna's book, Evelie's Sister, is her book about her perspective as a sibling of someone with disabilities. Yeah which is such an amazing thing. And it's so needed. First of all, there's not enough support out there for people with disabilities. There is little to no support for caregivers. And then there is zero support (laughs) for siblings. Wow. So um, we have been so fortunate to be connected with someone who is you know, trying to change that um, because she grew up, you know, sibling and she now has an amazing um, organization for support for siblings. Um, Luna actually, because of her book, it's opened up, you know, opportunities for her. She's actually going to be um, speaking with some fellow siblings that's um, in New York in a couple weeks, but her book is, I'm so, 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 so proud of her. Um, she was, she worked really, really hard for a really long time. She learned this, this was a learning process for the both of us and people just don't write books and then they pop up on the shelf. So <laughs> it was definitely a process, but she hung in there I can't even put into words how proud I am of her for the first few days. It was one of the top books, you know, in top uh, in children's category on Amazon. Um, I'm just how does she feel? Go get her. I want to hear what she has to say about it. Yes, I sure will. Let me get it. (laughs) Hey, come here. Say hi. Hi. Hi, I'm Riley and this is Ivy. My name is Ivy. 
<laughs> How's your day going? Are you having fun today? Did you have school? Yeah. Homeschool, but your schoolwork. I was telling your mom that I have an eight-year-old. His name's Kian, and he goes to gymnastics just like you. It's, he's on a team and everything. I've been admiring your your flips and things that you've been doing. <laughs> awesome. She's upside down. She lives on her head. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, will you tell me about your book? What's it about? My sister. How I take care of my sister. Yeah. Was it really hard work to write something so important? It was. How does it? A year. A whole year of work. How old are you? Eight. For when you were seven to eight, you worked on a one project. Do you know how amazing that is? <laughs> so how do you feel now that you've had a, now that you're an author? Happy. I bet you do. I'm so excited for you. I know me too. But you know what? Even more than that, I'm just really thankful for the friend you are to Evelyn and how amazing you are to your mommy. That she was telling me how um, proud she is of you just because you're such a great sister. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on to chat with me. You want to tell them what it's about? Um, Make a facts book. A facts book. Okay. And does it have pictures? Yes. Perfect. What's in the pictures? Mm, me and my sisters. Yeah. Is your mom in there too? Okay, kind good. Of. <laughs> kind of. Not really. Like there's a little like silhouette that kind of like insinuates that it, you know, me, this, this book was really, they, she was, they were really the focus. We'll definitely have to post a picture so everyone listening can see it. Yeah, it's, um, so I don't, you know, the adults don't have, you know, faces. The The book is centered around your story, yeah. right? That's right. And um, because Evely has her, her own story going through everything. Mm -hmm. And then I have you know, my story as a Each. caregiver and mom, and then she has her story and cause she goes, she goes through it too. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it can be tough for you too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all good. Right. Cause we got this. <laughs> got it. You're doing such a good job. Yeah. But her book, um, oh my God, I'm so it's weird. I have it like right next to the bed because it's just one of those things that that's so surreal and the outpour and love um, that we've gotten from her book. The, some of the comments that means the most to me from Luna's book is from family saying, hey, this this really sparked a lot of important conversation in our home, mm. because I think if we're ever going to really get to a place of true inclusiveness as you know a society then these conversations have to start at home first mm -hmm. so um that that really that that was one of the goals that for me personally mm -hmm. um when I asked Luna what her goal was for her book 
her goal was for other siblings to not feel alone. And that's really important. You know, that's really important too. Um, But I was, I was really, in addition to that, I was really hoping, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, families who are not on a similar journey will get a hold to this and maybe they will sit down and have conversations with their kids because that's how we together raise children who are empathetic and children who are kind and children who are grow up to be inclusive adults and considerate adults and um, who just choose kindness first. And, and if we're always leading with, you know, a kind heart, then they'll be a part of the generation. If we're, if, you know, if we, if we as parents do what we're supposed to do, then that, that generation of parents won't be fighting for inclusiveness because it'll already be something that's instilled in them and implanted in them. And they'll say, you know what, well, my family didn't go through this, but we talked about it. So, and this is, this is how we make a better tomorrow. You know, this is what we do together. So those are the things that really, really, like really touch, you know, my heart, like to the core where families who have, you know, they are nowhere near being, you know, anywhere, like our journeys aren't relatable to them, but they are having conversations about it like Mm -hmm. that. You know, your reach has been far. Absolutely. When that happens. Absolutely. Um, because I, you don't want your kid to, to constantly be an outcast or to constantly be stared at or anything like, you know, anything like that. Um, one of the things that a lot of parents, when they hear their kids asking questions about someone who has differences, I'm not, you know, it just seems to be a natural response for you to shush them. Yeah. Don't, don't say that. Like, don't do that. Like that's rude. And so often, um, you know, I'm telling parents like, actually it's not Mm -hmm. like actually, you know, whispering and staring, like that's rude. (laughs) That's rude. Right. Asking questions is the opposite of that because education is elevation. (laughs) So, (laughs) so if it's kindness and considerate. Well, if we're constantly, if we're saying to a child, you know, if if our first response is don't say anything, like don't, you know, and so then that's where, that's how that stigma, that's where it starts. Cause we were shushing, like we were being shushed, like, no, it's okay. Ask questions. You know, it's fine. I, I was giving Evelyn, putting Evelyn on her, her feeding pump at the playground one day. And a kid came up to me and was like, hey, what are you doing to her stomach? And the mom was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm just like, no, me and your kid about to sit down and we're about to talk about G-tubes. And we're yeah. about to talk about like how some people eat differently and why some people have to, you know, eat this way. And, and I was like, it's, it's, I welcome, I welcome questions from children. Children are naturally curious. I will never be, you know, offended. And then who knows, you know, maybe the next time they see somebody with a G2, they'll already, they'll have it. No, instead of saying, 
hey, what are you doing to that kid's stomach? That kid will say, hey, what are, what are they having for lunch? Hmm. That's so good. Yeah. So, um, I, that's, and that is why Luna was actually inspired from, by the lady who runs, um, the center for siblings of people with, with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, Luna was interviewed on her podcast a few years ago and, um, and she had a book that she had, um, written, I think when she was, when she was younger, I want to say the book was written when she was younger, but not published until she was an adult. Okay. It really inspired Luna. Like Luna wanted so badly to do that. And she was already a book nerd anyway. She's always, she's always been into, to reading. Like I, I told somebody once that Luna being an author probably isn't that much of a surprise. Luna being an author at a published author at seven. Yes. That was the surprise. (laughs) (laughs) And so she's always loved books. She's always loved reading. Um, I think Luna started reading the, the tiny little, little like Bob books and stuff when she was like three, she was like, she has always loved reading. Um, she is my child that if, if it's too quiet, she's in a corner with her face in a book. Um, <laughs> if it's, if it's, if it's too quiet, something is it's happening. on top of the fridge. <laughs> yeah, like, something is not okay. <laughs> so, um, so she's always loved that. And she just really wanted, wanted to, to do it. And I'm, you know, really grateful for, um, um, for the center for siblings of people with disabilities um, for, for really, you know, taking Luna, you know, yeah. under their wing and, and just kind of helping us navigate through all of that. Well, tricky. we could put a link to that center in our show notes and a link to her book too. Perfect. So anyone who needs yeah, that all would, that info, they can find it. That would be awesome. And <laughs> that Luna would, she would love that. She gets really excited, um, you know, to see the, to see the support. She loves reading the, the comments and, and see what people are saying about, yeah. about her book. Um, and it's, it's really, really, um, making a difference and, you know, the kids are something else, you know, we are, you know, they, we are supposed to, you know, teach and, and guide and all of these things and really, and truly, you know, they're teaching and they're the, they're <laughs> come so naturally and they're, it really does. It, it just, mm-hmm. it comes so natural to them. Um, um, someone, <laughs> someone asked Luna, um, at, we were at a, uh, supporting another friend's kid at a baseball game and someone asked her about like, you know, about talking, you know, to her or whatever. It was certain things that, that they were saying, you know, about Evelyn. And it was kind of like, you know, some people don't know, like really they don't, they kind of talk at her instead of, right. and, and Luna was like, well, she can hear you. like <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. But it's just because, and I, and I try I know it's like foreign to them because they grow, they're growing up in it. And I was like, well, you know, people, sometimes people, you know, see people with, with, with differences or see people with disabilities and they don't, you know, 
they don't treat them the same, you know, because of it. And they're just like, not, they don't understand that part. They're like, well, <laughs> right. well, why? Because as supportive as they are, and um, as supportive as they are, and as much as they, you know, root for Evely and is there for Evely, like, at the end of the day, they're all still siblings. And they, I was thinking <laughs> that she probably gets on their nerves and she gets get on, on her nerves. nerves. They get on her nerves. I love your video about she's learning boundaries. <gasps> yes. Learning oh, boundaries. She's yep. pushing her sibling off her lap. That yep. She, me she's, up. Listen, she, she's learning, you know, <laughs> boundaries. Um, if they are too loud for too long and like we, she, she gets on, you know, she gets on there and the same thing with, with her, um, it's so funny how different Luna and Sky are, even with her. Um, mm-hmm. If Evely is in the floor or on her bed and a toy gets out of reach, Luna's probably going to grab that toy and hand it to her and say, hey, here it is. And Sky's going to look first and say, nah, she can reach that. She can get it herself. Yeah, Sky's gonna say no, Evelyn. It's in front of you. So um, I, I just I love that because I feel like she gets the best of both worlds. She gets like that that overbearing love, but then she gets that tough love as well. Like I love you, but honey, I'm not gonna sit here and do everything for you just because. Like <laughs> no, <laughs> she needed both sisters. That was perfect. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. She um. Evely, we have this little hair box and Evely grabbed a, a bag of rubber bands out of it one day. And oh my God, she shakes the bag of rope. So these are the tiny, tiny, tiny little rubber bands that go on like the end of braids. Yeah. They come like, I don't know, close to a thousand in a pack. Oh gosh. <laughs> they are everywhere. So Luna's helping me clean up and Luna says to Sky, Sky, are you not going to help us clean up this mess? And Sky was like, I didn't make this mess. And she was like, Evelyn made this mess. And she said, she should have to clean it up. And Luna said, well, she can't see the rubber bands to pick them up, Sky. And Sky was like, well, she couldn't see them when she was making the mess either, but she <laughs> made the mess. Wow. <laughs> yes. All right, I got another one. <laughs> there she is. Hi, Evelyn. I'm so happy to see you. I'm holding my baby girl in my arms too. Mm. Mine's a baby. You're a big girl, huh? Yeah. Say I let yeah. say I let mommy get a few seconds. Say, but now I'm starting to starting to you know act a little bit more developmentally develop developmentally appropriate. <laughs> like your space. I'm so happy to see you. Yeah, well, Tamika, we will, we can wrap up. I know you yes. Yes. are busy. Um, I've loved our time together. I guess I want to hear just one more, a little bit more about you as a woman and just what you're doing to, I know you've been through some self-care goals and, and things like that. And I just wanted to hear yeah. a little bit about that and just know that want you to know that we support you as a as a mom as a woman as a friend yeah our 
caring about your heart. Yeah, self-care is, um, self-care is hard. Is It's harder than, um, I feel like for me, it was, it was something that was harder than, than I felt like it, it should have been, um, harder than I would have liked it to be. Um, but I, I'm learning and realizing that it is, it is so necessary. Like we absolutely have to, um, that is medical mom life, the beeping. I swear I hear it. Like I hear it when it's not happening now. So it's like (laughs) phantom, phantom beats, but self-care just the self-care journey, um, for me was absolutely, um, necessary. I think that every, I think that every woman, no matter where they are in life should learn how to prioritize care for themselves. Um, so you also talk about self-love. Yes. So would you, which one comes first? How does that work? I, I think that the self, I think that the self-love have to come in first because one, if the self-love is there, being able to, to, to nurture and care for something that you love and are in love with, well, that comes naturally, that naturally comes. Sure. So I think that, that when you've gone through, when you've experienced, um, you know, trauma, you know, over and over and over again, Um, you know, I've been, I think I shared on social media recently that I've been even looking at my own PTSD diagnosis, um, differently because it doesn't feel like PTSD because you can't have that. I'm sorry. Because PTSD would PTSD suggests that it happened and it's over because it's Mm. post-traumatic stress. Okay. But uh, hi, Evelyn. In in our situation, it's not post. It's a it's a continuous. Sure. You know, it's it's a it's traumatic. It's traumatic events. It's traumatic events over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So you never you never really feel like you ever get to the post part. And honestly, unless the postpart means, you know, a cure for whatever is going on, mm-hmm. you don't even, you, a postpart isn't something that you desire anyway, because post would suggest that she's not here anymore. Oh. So it's, it's, so I've been even looking at that, you know, in a different way, you know, just two weeks ago, our Monday morning started out like a, you know, typical Monday morning and ended up with, you know, we ended up dealing with a a medical emergency that morning and just out of nowhere. And I still had to, to keep, you know, going, I had to protect Luna and Sky from um, what was going on and seeing things that, you know, would have traumatized them. Um, so I'm still having to, to continue on the day. Like it's like, it's a normal day. And it probably took me about 
it, it had me in a funk for, you know, a good solid week, a little over a week, because like I said, it's that realization of, okay, this isn't post-traumatic stress. This is continuous traumatic stress. So self-love is absolutely necessary for self-care. Okay. I, you know, I, we, we love, you know, our children, we love, you know, family, friends, and it makes it easier. It makes it easy for us to take care of them in situations because we, because we love them so much. We have to learn how to, you know, have that, that love, that outpour of love flow right over into ourselves. Because at the end of the day, nobody really knows what we do except for us, because we don't, we don't all the little ins and outs. It's it's this things that needs to be done and we get them done and bless you, baby. And nobody, nobody really knows, you know, there's a saying that, you know, nobody knows what all goes into baking the cake. Everybody just really enjoys the cake. Right. And so so it's coming to the end of your day and saying, you know what? I did this today and this and this and celebrating. Yeah. All the little wins. And thanking yourself because Mm -hmm. I think the whole thing with, with, with self-love is, you know, we have these expectations when it comes down to self-care and self-love and what it's supposed to be, what support and everything like that looks like. But it's really important that we start that trend with ourselves and then everything else around us, it'll just fall in line with what we're putting out there. We have to prioritize ourselves because we are the one that's keeping it all together. If we're falling apart, then everything. We won't have anything to give. We won't have anything else else to mm-hmm. give. We have to find, even if it, even what, no matter what that looks like, no matter what that looks like, even if it looks like, you know, just sitting quietly, you know, just for a moment, soaking up, you know, the, the, the sunlight, you know, just, just for a moment, a breather, um, any listening to whatever it is, something that, you know, that you feel, you know, it pours into you being conscious of things that makes you feel really good inside and Mm -hmm. just, and just going for it and just, you know, just doing those things as often as you come here. What's the money as often as you can? Do you want to go back to your room? I think she'll hold on. I think she's upset. I took her away from her toys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> That's exactly what it was. That's hilarious. hilarious. She's like, you took me away from my toys. (laughs) But I, but, um, yeah, the, the whole thing was, um, I really, I've, I'm learning, I've learned that this is something that I, that I have to do. It is, it is just as essential as the therapy appointments and gymnastics. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's just as, because if I can see it, if I can see how this has been, you know, so beneficial, you know, to, to Luna, then I need to be able to create moments and situations like that for my, for myself as well. 
so that I can continue to be the absolute best mom and advocate yeah. and homeschool teacher and caregiver. <laughs> All your hats. Oh, Tamika, you things. are on fire. You're just really <laughs> shining so much light into the world. I'm so, so proud of you. Thank really you. Am. I'm working so hard and I know that all the moms are working so hard <laughs> and that's just that's just it I'm just really just learning that you truly have to thank yourself you know you you really really do like nobody knows like you know what goes into or takes out you know, of your, your day, because that, you know, that, that day that, you know, we experienced that with, with Evelyn. And like I said, I just had to keep pushing and keep moving. And, you know, the people that saw me, you know, Luna still had, you know, gymnastics. I was trying to keep everything as close to normal as I possibly could. And this is why, once again, kindness is so important because we do not know the battles people are facing day to day. And people might, you know, see, could have, you know, could have seen me that day and had absolutely no idea what I had just gone through, you know, with my, with my child, you know, that morning. And, you know, having to hurry up and get, you know, a surgeon on the line and trying to figure out how we're going to handle the situation. Is this something that we can do at home? Is this something that needs to be, you know, expedited to the ER immediately? And so I think that, um, that it, that just, it always goes back to like, like choosing kindness is like always the right thing to do because we just absolutely have no idea what battles people are fighting and dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. That's so good. I've had so much fun with you. I know. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to meet you in person. What an incredible conversation. Do you just love Tamika and her girls? They're amazing. Definitely go get Evelie's sister on Amazon. The link is below in the show notes and enjoy your Thanksgiving season.